0: All right, we are live. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Self Achievement Network. My name is Dominic, and I am here today with our next person behind the passion. This is Beatrice Chev Weber. Hello, Beatrice. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning from Chicago. And good morning from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. You got that Brooklyn accent.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, Hello, everyone, and and welcome to the this little show that's called Person Behind the Passion. Beatrice was nominated by David Chometsky for her passion for, if you're looking and sc- scrolling, if you see the scrolling bar, she is a passionate about financial um, empowerment, women, specifically women's. So we're gonna talk about that and how she started doing that and all that good stuff in just a minute. Um, so you're in Brooklyn, New York. Yes, and I am. Your friends are going to be watching this mostly. Um, for those of you who don't know what the Self-Achievement Network is about, okay, very simply, we are an opportunity to either discover, help support people in discovering their passion if they don't know what it is, to either share their passion, which is what we're going to do today. Beatrice is going to tell her story about how she got interested in Financial empowerment I, I, I see that it says women's empowerment. I should say women's financial empowerment I made a mistake. I'll fix that while we're talking Anyway, and then I always invite all my guests back to talk about something that is more specific about what they do So financial empowerment is like a huge topic Right and so needed. So that's why people can come back and evolve their passions. So anyway tell me we're, you're, in New, you're in New York, right? And it's what? Today is Tuesday? Yeah, today is Tuesday. And you're in the office somewhere. What's going on over there? Oh, yeah. So I'm at work. I work yeah. full
2: time at this point. And I'm slowly building up my business on women's financial empowerment. And it is not a coincidence that you left out the financial. And that's <laughs> where I'll start. a coincidence? It. No. Nothing is. Um <laughs> Because deep down, my real passion is about general empowerment. Okay. But what I came to realize over the last couple of years is that you can be empowered, but if you can't pay your bills and you can't survive and you don't know how to manage your money, you have very little power and your voice is very, very ineffective. If you're dependent on others, to pay your bills, mm-hmm. if you're, um, if you're a, basically if you're a mess, you know you can you can feel free, you can feel empowered, but you're going to be very very ineffective. Mm-hmm. And what I've found um, is that many many women they're very strong, they have their voice, but somehow with their money they feel so ineffective, so unempowered. They feel somebody else should be taking care of it. They have a lot of shame that they don't know how to, how to take care of their money. And my personal journey has really been one. Of both taking charge of my money in different ways, and I can talk about the steps I took, and then finding my voice during that process. So mm-hmm. almost like a collaborative process where you can't do one without the other. That's I believe very very strongly in that.
0: I love that, and I'm sure that the people who are going to be watching this, I would say, yeah, thumbs up. So if you've got comments or anything like that, and want to send hearts and love for for that comment right there, do it because I, you know, I mean, I'm 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 old enough now to. You know, I've been around a little while, understand the whole financial game. And, you know, the struggles that people go through are so real and so heart wrenching. And so, you know, and it's like, it's just money. You know, people say, oh, it's just money. But that's not really true. So what you're saying is like, it's such a, to me, it's like, oh, there's somebody who can help me, you know? yeah thank you for what you do. Thank you for accepting the nomination, and uh, we're going to find out about you know her story and how she how this whole thing happened. I, I'm sure you probably can tell us the how, but this show is called Person Behind the Passion, so we want to get to know who you are, right? You come from New York, but you said earlier, let's see, Toronto, and then you said Israel. So there's like this whole background there. So take us back to, let's say, once upon a time, I was born, and then what happened?
2: <laughs> okay, so I was, as I mentioned to you earlier, I was yeah. born in Toronto, Canada. Okay. I was born in a ultra-Orthodox Jewish background. Huh? Um, my father, actually, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, in terms of what I'm passionate about, um, became wealthy as I was a teenager. So there's a lot of memories and stories that I have around money. Um, And what happened was in the community I come from, you're kind of married off. And because he was wealthy, he kind of got to marry me off to the person that he wanted to, that was considered good for the family, for the reputation an arranged marriage. But as a woman in that community, there was very little power at all. In terms of decision making in terms of you were entrusted with having the children with managing the home but in terms of having a voice and opinion and definitely in terms of um, having um, financial um, financial power right the ability to earn money to make the choices to make the decision didn't exist at all and for me kind of disentangling myself and finding my voice meant that what was i going to do see i i was supported financially because my ex-husband was a scholar, my parents were very happy to support us for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a way there was this golden cage almost, right? Where, you know, the money was coming in. I had what I needed to survive, but where was I in all of this? Like, where Mm -hmm. was my voice? Where was my power? And as I slowly started finding my voice and started finding what I like, what I want to do, part of that journey became very clear to me that I need to take charge of that part of my life as well. And it started way back when, you know, I'll never forget opening my first bank account. And I didn't open my first bank account, you know, as a teen or as in my young 20s. I was in my mid 30s. Mm-hmm. You know, opening my first bank account, hiring a financial coach to help me look at my numbers, see what made sense, see what didn't make sense, getting guidance on that. Later on, going to college. Again, as an adult, I had never graduated high school, um, gaining the ability to get that first job, going on that mm-hmm. first interview. Um, and kind of really gauging how I can do the college degree while working so that it together can build each other up. See. I believe you can not separate things like you can't, these things are all intertwined. So for me at that point in my life, right? Cause I was in my mid thirties and then being able to go to college, so getting that education, but working while I did it and then getting a better understanding of my finances. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, it's so funny about money. It just reminded me of a, a quick story, 30 seconds or maybe less. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, met a woman, she had inherited like $6 million. Okay. And she was devastated when she did. When her life was, she thought her life was totally messed up because she thought that every everybody wanted to be her friend because of her money, right? So she was like, she hated money. She yeah. Funny. Until she realized, you know, that no, that wasn't really the case. But you know, money does weird things, and it, yeah. I mean, I tell people all
2: the time. You let's say you're in the space now where you feel you have a lack. Right now is the time to focus on your abundance and your gratitude for what you have, because this feeling of lack that you have is going to stay with you no matter how much you have, Mm -hmm. meaning it's not the amount of money that really brings you the peace, it's the opposite. When you're appreciative, when you step into that abundant space, then you're able to, when, when you do make more money, you're able to accept it. You're able to bring it in in a way that feels comfortable and safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I really, a couple of years ago, I was able to sell my house as part of my divorce settlement. And I was shocked. I was genuinely surprised that instead of being excited and thrilled, right? I was waiting, right? It took a few years for it to happen and I was waiting. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And my first year did not make a penny, even though the market was strong, because I used a financial advisor to manage it all for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And and then, you know, until I kind of, again, explored that part of it, of investing money. Like, how can I, as an individual who's um, who's not a professional, invest my own money? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've brought into my life as well. Yes, I can invest my own money. Nowadays, it's not that complicated. The outside world makes it seem very complex and very complicated when actually it's very simple. And I believe that about most financial concepts.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Either you know it or you can Google and find out, creating that budget, right? your savings your retirement whatever you know paying off your debt there are so many resources but something holds us back from taking those steps and that's why for me it's not just about financial coaching it's about empowerment it's about truly believing that you have the power and the ability to take charge of that Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what when i create my courses i include that uh, mindset work And perhaps you can call it spiritual work together with the information, because, again, the information is available. You all know how to find out what your credit score is. You all know how to pay off your debt. And if you don't know, you can Google it. It's Mm -hmm. really a matter of believing you can do it and taking those steps to make it happen.
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're right. I've done a lot of training in my life. And I always used to say I have always do a minimum of two day training because the first one is all about this. You got to get the mind going in there, like get it get it lined up with mm-hmm. what you want to do because it, it takes that. You start, some people, okay, they're fine. They got their, their head lined up. But some people are in that state of mind of lack and, you know, they're, and that causes a lot of the issues. So the abundance factor, when I began to think in terms of abundance, took a little while because I had the old programming going on. Oh. so i so what you're doing is amazing so again i'm going to say thank you david for this woman right here who has a passion obviously can you tell right guys she is absolutely loving what she's doing she's found her voice right take us back to toronto so you grew up there little girl did you i mean you were like a roller skating girl or a a rollerblading girl you played on baseball teams
2: so, again, as I mentioned, I grew up in a very unique lifestyle. So some of you may be familiar with it, but it's probably one of the most um, isolated or insular communities in the United States. Um, you know, the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community. But, yes, mm-hmm. definitely ice skate, ice skate. and Definitely not ice skating, but definitely roller skating, going to parks. Um, not part of sports teams. No, that was not acceptable. So no, you know, but there was definitely the park down the block that we'd go to and we really were the um, I, I'd like to describe us like our family was we were that beautiful family, you know, the white picket fence of um, the community that I come from
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: At the same time one of the things that were very um, Were very strong for me and I realize now is a lot more universal than I ever thought is um the importance of following the family traditions, the importance of following what the expectation was. And there was, wasn't was really space for who are you, who do you want to be, what's important mm-hmm. to you, kind of the work you do, right? Finding your mm-hmm. own passion. There was, there was really no emphasis on that. It was very clear to me from when I was a little girl what my role was. Nobody ever asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because mm-hmm. when I grew up, I was gonna get married and I was gonna have children. And there was no space for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, kind of discovering who I was and what I wanted and what I enjoyed only came much later on in life.
0: Sure. So you, I mean, you helped your mom cook and did oh, yeah, like that. Oh,
2: yeah. I was the oldest of eight.
0: Okay,
2: eight, wow. Uh, Eight, yeah, I was the oldest of eight, really close together. You know, Uh my youngest sister was 12 years younger than me, and I was two and a half. I sometimes think back what that must have been like. I was two and a half, and my mother had another two children. So there were three of us, and I was a little baby still. So there was a lot going on, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you have memories of cooking with your mom, or, you know, yeah, make your bed, Beatrice, right now. And my mom was pretty an incredible
2: woman, you know, in her own way. Um, she always worked, mostly, mostly worked, but always had a three-course meal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, house was always put together and neat, so she ran a really tight ship, um, despite it, the fact that is. there were so many children. It, you know, yeah.
0: Amazing,
2: wow. So, you know, I credit her a lot with, um, she she, to some degree, kind of with her job and she became an assistant principal who had a way, had her way of finding her own space within, within her own world. And I credit her with later on for me being able to find my own voice, despite that, the fact that I'm, I'm kind of finding it in my own way and maybe not the way she might've expected me to Yeah, do this work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I'm going straight at it, you know, in no. terms of I believe women should be financially empowered. You know, I don't know, I remember her never wanting to take on that principal role, even though she was offered it. And I always wonder, you know, what was it maybe the messages that we got that like women should be subservient to the men? You know, that was a very strong message. Women receive their reward by serving their husbands. Like that was a very strong religious message that we got. And I always wonder if that maybe played a role in those type of decisions that she made.
0: Sure. So, So what do they think about what you're doing now?
2: Yeah, it's kind of out of the box. No, I think deep down they may like it and believe in it, but to really talk about it openly is is touching spaces that um you know, yeah. they may not want to go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. So, okay, so now there you are in New, in Brooklyn, New York. So, how did you get from Toronto to Brooklyn and then there's some there's there's stories in between there. You you left Toronto? Mm-hmm. And what happened to that?
2: Yeah. So when I was about 16, we left Toronto and my parents moved. Actually, family. I'm sorry.
0: The whole family?
2: The whole family moved away from Toronto wow. and we moved to a New York, upstate New York. Okay. And um, I was actually sent to England, to Northern England, to a seminary, a religious school, because I was kind of getting a little bit um I would say I was questioning, and you know, it was a lot. Some things going on, so it was like you go there, you know, Northern England. There's a school over there, and kind of behave yourself. So I was sent there for a year, and mm-hmm. then when I got back, coming from the community I come from, where um, everybody gets married young, that's considered ideal. You know, I got married at 18, and then we moved to Israel, which again was considered a very ideal. Um, Glorified thing to do, so I moved to Israel for 11 years. Um, mm-hmm. My ex husband was a scholar and still is, and I was there raising children. I had seven children while I was living there. Um, yeah, that
0: was quite, quite an experience following and, in the footsteps of your parents. I'm sorry, <laughs> following the footsteps of your oh, parents, yeah. and again, so that's I know that I know that there's more. Children coming with uh, yeah, yeah, there's some more there. This you're on. almost up to eight with your, with you know, your folks.
2: There's a lot of things that are involved in this. And one of the factors most definitely that I've come to realize more and more as I'm doing this work and as I'm doing my own personal development work, all my grandparents were descendants of Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were Holocaust survivors and my parents were descendants of Holocaust, right? So I'm, I'm a, uh, I guess you'd call me a third generation there was so much trauma and one of the things were like we're (laughs) going to repopulate so there was definitely this undercurrent of like every child is so precious and -hmm. we're going to make sure that we have a lot of them Mm -hmm. that definitely was a um, more like an unspoken I I feel like my children's generation um, and maybe even my younger siblings there was already a lot more um, they definitely have large families but there was already a lot more being in touch with you know Am I ready for this? Am I able to do this? Like mm-hmm. my mother's generation and my generation, it was more of a like, we really have to do this. You know, we have mm-hmm. to keep, we have to keep, um, we have to replenish. You know, we lost six million people. Mm-hmm. Our job. There's a lot yeah, of yeah. I mean, burden the and the trauma. That
0: you know, makes so, yeah. even common sense that yeah.
2: So the know, work I'm doing yeah. about personal empowerment and financial empowerment yeah. is. What's true, I, I think where it gets tricky is when you're raised in a community where all the efforts have to go on building the community. Mm-hmm. There's so much emphasis on that. The idea that there's a space for the personal empowerment gets tricky. My belief is that the only way we're empowered as a community is if we all personally become empowered. But that's kind of where that juxtaposition gets a little tricky.
0: Yeah
2: that conflict, you know, where's, where's the room for self in amidst a community where the community is what's really, really important. And yeah. I believe it's possible. And I believe that was always the intention. Strong community is only when each individual is strong.
0: Sure. So, yeah. So when you were there and living in Israel, you were raising, mostly raising your kids.
2: I was raising my kids, and yeah. you know, lo- looking back, it was it was a beautiful time, really just focusing on my children. But in retrospect, I could have used some intellectual stimulation, <laughs> you know a little a little bit of something. i um, really it's I would say raising children is one of the most challenging things. It really takes a lot of focus and is really energy draining and so grateful. Yeah to be able to have given my children, you know, the five on
0: that one. I mean, oh my gosh, raising children is a full-time job. I yeah. talk to a lot of people. They're like, yeah, yeah. I've got two kids. And I'm like, two kids is a lot. Having yeah. 10? Oh my yeah. God. can't even imagine. That's crazy. That's wonderful. And it's it's heroic in a lot of ways. Yeah, because you also- have their lives in your hand. And they're- I think
2: what's important to remember is that it's very accepted in the community to have families that size which I think people are like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? And I'm like, if everybody else is doing it and everybody's supporting each other through it, it's not as, uh, it's still a big deal, but it's not as out there as you may think it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Do I have you? I don't hear you. and Folks, hang in there with us for just a moment. We have a technical issue. Uh, You say, "Hear me?" Uh, I I cannot hear you. So we have two choices. The blur as well. I can see both. I don't know how to fix this except for for me to restart which would be, <clears throat> excuse me, it would be okay, it would just be in two parts. So um, there's no way to fix it. And um, we we'll it right now at 21 minutes, and then we'll pick up in just a moment. Okay, shake your head yes or no. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> Excuse me, it would be okay. You <laughs>
0: Interesting, how this (laughs) thing is technology. Oh, go with the flow. (laughs) There we go. Hello, and good morning, everyone. Welcome back. To the Self Achievement Network. My name is Dominic, and I am here once again with Beatrice. I mean, sorry, Beatrice. <laughs> Get my tongue out of my, you know, mouth. One of these days. Anyway, so welcome, everyone. Hello, Beatrice.
2: Hello. Good morning, once again.
0: Yes, we are back for part two of the Person Behind the Passion interview, and I want to say hello and good morning to everyone. My, my thing is off kilter over here. Which way do I push it? This way? My sign, you see it there? All good. Okay, so yeah, well, we started yesterday uh, talking about uh, Beatrice's passion for financial empowerment. And then about halfway through the interview, we had a technical glitch. And of course, we had to cut the thing off and we couldn't get it figured out. And now we're back. We are uh, right back on track. So, welcome everybody. Thanks for watching again. We'll post this along with the first one, and um, it'll also be it'll be two things. It'll be a video so you can watch it, and also a podcast so you can listen to it while you're driving. So, Beatrice, you let's let's do a little quick review for wh- what happened. So, you discovered financial uh, empowerment to be your passion, and you've had this. Interesting life up to we got you up to from where you are in Brooklyn, upstate New York. Um, no, wait, did I get that right? No,
1: you're good, you're good.
0: Okay, Brooklyn <laughs> to upstate New York and then all the way over to Israel. Correct that was the next step, yes. Okay, yes. so then. So then you, we were we left off you were talking about raising your kids now at that point now you have 7 children mm-hmm. from your Jewish, Jewish orthodox upbringing which is really interesting that's like a whole chapter <laughs> and so now there you are in Israel you find you, you you were living there for how long
2: We were there for 11 years
0: Okay 11 years All right All right, so continue from there. So what happened? uh, 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 To be frankly honest,
2: this topic was not on my mind at all. The furthest thing that I would have ever thought I would do, be involved in, be interested in. I, at that point, would pray regularly to be a good wife. Um, That was what I felt was my most important role, you know, be a good wife, be a good mother, which are still important values, but that was all, yeah, that was all that I considered important. And that was all that I considered valuable. I didn't feel that there was a space for me to, or, or the importance of the individual's um, space and empowerment, it was more about, you know, what I can contribute to others, which again is an important value, but I believe in order to be able to contribute to others, you need to have yourself, who are you, what are you, what do you stand for, what do you believe in to be able to give, and at that point, it was all about what can I give to others with very little, um, what do I, who am I, who am I, what is important, right, right. what are my values? So I was very, really, yeah. yeah,
0: So Being the, the mom and yeah. like not really an identity, from your no. perspective not at all
2: not at all not at all okay. not at all and you know what was in, what's been interesting to me over the last couple of years as i've started speaking more about this topic and you know getting more involved in it i thought it was very much just because of the way I was raised in the community I came from. But speaking to women all over the world and women that I would have typically thought would feel very empowered around their money, very empowered around their independence, Mm -hmm. were having similar, very similar experiences. You know, Mm -hmm. women... With, with master degrees, um, living, you know, in Manhattan, like my thought would be, oh, well, you must really know who you are. You must really like have it all in order and under control. And then speaking to them, you know, they felt so lost, so confused. Um, I remember speaking to one woman. Her husband was an investment banker. Her marriage wasn't going well. And she, she was, you know, she was, again, a social worker, had her college degree, you know, from a prestigious – university and just felt so lost about mm-hmm. what to do next like wasn't even able to give a number in terms of you know what her expenses would be or what she would need and that was that was very eye-opening to me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and really set me on this trajectory to realize this is not just my community my issue this is really a universal issue it is, it is.
0: yeah that's why, that's I, why, why I said in the, the beginning, beginning. I, I love this topic because yeah. it's just so leading <laughs> and for you to take this on, as your you know like mission, your purpose, your passion, is it's, it's a beautiful thing, really. So thank you and and awesome, right? So then, okay, so now you don't have an identity, and you're talking, you're figuring out, well, whoa, this is really something that is needed. What happened? Okay, so you were in Israel, eleven years, seven children at that point, right? So you've had this epiphany while you were there?
2: No, not at all.
0: Okay, so this was after...
2: Yeah, yeah. So okay. I moved, we moved back to the U.S. Okay. For 11 years. And I lived in upstate New York where I had another three children. And at Over some point... 10. Yeah, 10 altogether, yes.
0: Wow. Right? <laughs> Out to the master. That is like
2: insane. Yeah.
0: Powerful woman. Yeah. For sure.
2: yeah. You know, and at some point I had a miscarriage after number eight and got very depressed afterwards Mm -hmm. and didn't know what to do. You know, like Mm -hmm. all good stories, there was that moment of, you know, rock bottom or not knowing where to go and not knowing what to do and being lost. And that happened to me, I guess, you know, during my mid thirties. And that was like the first time against Mm -hmm. my husband's wishes. And you know my families. I was like, I need to reach out for help. I need to reach out for help. I need to reach out for support. You know, at that point we were on Medicaid. You know, found the local clinic and reached out for that support, and that helped. And that help and that really set me on a trajectory of finding out who I was. I remember, you know, wanting to uh, go to college. That was like a dream of mine. I had never graduated high school, and the idea of um learning and going to college just felt felt wondrous it felt like if i do that you know it would be mm-hmm. such an amazing accomplishment so you know we discussed that and i remember stepping into my first college class and then getting my grades and my grades were really good you know i was getting the a's and the a pluses because i was so excited and working really hard so that was really the first steps of finding my own voice finding myself exploring, discovering, you know, and that's what I always tell people when you're trying to find find yourself, you know, outside of the financial realm. It's important to try out different things because you don't mm-hmm. know, especially if you're an adult who's never had an identity, you really don't know. So take the opportunity to explore, to find out what do you like, what do you enjoy, and then see how you can incorporate that in terms of your a business, a job, and, and kind of combine all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to say, that's what my life plan course does. Exactly that. Mm. Right, so it gives people that opportunity in their own little private world, yeah. right, to discover their passion.
2: Like it's it's right. nice to think that you know there's this one answer and we'll just find it and then we'll go on our life's trajectory. But it's not like it's not like that. And it's really no. just a matter of allowing yourself the freedom to explore, to enjoy, and then kind of putting all the pieces together. And and for me, a big part of it is also like, how are you going to be practical? You know, right. I had one. at one point wanted to get a PhD, which Uh, still, still hankering for that. But, you know, realizing that my marriage was likely ending, had all those children to support, it was like, I better go get a job, you know, and then I did the online MBA. So there are so many options out there nowadays of what one can do to further yourself, empower yourself, um, become financially stable, um, increase your income. There are so, so many opportunities out there nowadays. And any limit that we think we have is really a limitation of our own beliefs. It's not reality. There, are, Wherever you live and wherever you are, the world today is so interconnected. And there's always a way to figure it out and there's always resources for you. No matter mm-hmm. re- what stage you are, um, what your issues are, what your struggles are, there's always something out there to guide you and to you know, take you along wherever whatever your goals are.
0: Mm-hmm. So you found yourself a job. To support your kids. First what you tell job. me? What was the job? Was a the local.
2: Job? Yeah, it was a local nonprofit in the community. Huh? i was part-time i remember that first interview you know I, I remember i have a whole story around kind of making the connection first I'm not wanting to hire me because i had no experience so it's great that i had all those mm-hmm. kids and i could bring all you know my experiences from at home but i didn't have any work experience right. but i did get the job and it was <sighs> i remember when they offered you know, the pay, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, they list all the responsibilities and then they offer me how much they're going to pay me. And I was like, oh my gosh, but I really <laughs> need right a lot
0: way. of work for not a lot of money.
2: Yeah. I mean, those, that's a small nonprofits, right? But Welcome I'm
0: so to America. That,
2: You know that I took the risk because that was the first step. And after a couple of years, eventually became the director of operations there. So uh, that really served me very well. There
0: you go. Good for you. That's great wow well that's quite quite a journey so far so take us take us to the place where okay so where did you like how long have you been doing the financial empowerment stuff
2: i've been doing this for about the first workshop i gave was almost three years ago actually in march 2017. all right there my focus was a lot on helping people to put together a plan when you're at a mature stage in life. And I was kind of looking at my trajectory in terms of combining, you want to plan for the future, you want to have mindset, Um, specifically around time, I felt, because for me, one of the big roadblocks has always been, I don't have the time. You know, so that mindset, but then also being really practical, but tapping into what your passion is. So kind of the three-pronged approach where you're planning and being practical, you're tapping into your passion, and then you're working with the mindset. So those that three-pronged approach. So I did that back then. And um, since then, I've been doing some one-on-one coaching and recently started a three-month course, which is a combination of financial I literacy.
0: that little video that you posted.
2: Yeah. I so love this idea. Yeah, because, and, and again, it's a combination of financial literacy and the mindset and the various tools, because I f- firmly believe, and I'm going to repeat this, even though I know I said it last time, that financial literacy, there are so many books on financial literacy. You can go to a library, you can look online. There are so many tools out there to teach you how to manage your money, how to make money, all of that. What's holding us back is the mindset, is our belief around that, is the childhood beliefs, is what we were taught, is um, the limitations we've put on ourselves. So I firmly believe that just teaching financial literacy without that component, people are going to take the course. They may get excited for a month or two or three, but it won't be long lasting. It's really about changing the way you think about it. You know, one of the first things we do in the course is talking about gratitude, bringing that practice, right? We talk so much about the practice of gratitude. You know, and, and really feeling into that, once you are able to feel into feel into gratitude, you're really able to accept that abundance that comes and open your mind up. So I do it in terms of just general gratitude, but also track everything that came in, whether mm-hmm. it's money, whether it's value, write it down every single day look at it see it enjoy it revel in it yeah and then we go on to the you know
0: the different, the different that's topics that's great well we can certainly you know post some links to that for more information to that little video and to your back to your do you have a, a facebook page yes
2: yeah, so i have a facebook page i believe you posted it somewhere in the group.
0: okay we'll yeah. yeah yeah beatrice
2: weber financial empowerment mentor so you can follow me there i also on Tuesdays at 7.30, I do a live Q&A. So you can bring your questions to there or send them to me in advance. And I'll be answering any of your financial questions awesome. as well.
0: Oh, I look forward to... I would be really feel very privileged if I could like either have you back or repost those Q&As okay. in the network for the members. Because mm-hmm. again, this is like this topic, I think, you know, you said it the other day, it's like, Money. I don't know how, exactly how you said it, but it was like money isn't like the the thing, but it's it's without it, without without the money and having having it like solid, it, it creates like a shaky foundation for us and for our life. So you know, and in my mind, this is probably the biggest question. And I've used financial planners before, and have paid them, um, but there was a big hump there. It's kind of like, well, I don't have the money. To, to do the investor, How can I hire someone and pay them if I can't? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yeah. what do you call that? The chicken before the egg, yeah. and, you yeah. know, whatever. And so how do I get myself, is this something that you address? And maybe we don't need to talk about that, right? Maybe this is something that you address in your Q&A. That would be a good question, huh?
2: Yeah, that is a good question. And a lot of that is, again, mindset. And I don't believe in people overspending for any for anything. You know, I, I know there are people that would encourage one to go into debt in order to get the right resources and the right help. I don't believe in that. I believe your investment in yourself and in your business should always be aligned with where you are financially.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But at the same time, oftentimes when we think we don't have money for a specific thing, but then we'll spend money on that coffee every morning, right? I live in Brooklyn, people line up for their $5 coffees, and Mm -hmm. I I have no issue with buying a nice coffee at all. But if you're saying, well, I don't have money to pay for that course, but then you're spending $5 a day on a coffee, right? (laughs) So oftentimes,
0: it's really weird. Something's not connected. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. And this is, you know, there's sometimes we, we have to just, you know, bite the bullet, make some sacrifices to get to the other side of that. Yeah. And once you're on the other side of it, it's a whole new, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a whole new lifestyle. So, but that's that's great. So let's fast forward now. So take us to where you are presently. So you're you're currently you're doing these 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 you gonna do the, start doing the lives on Tuesday evenings Q and As. You have this. You have workshops. It's a three month and a six month program.
2: So my my workshop my masterclass right now is a three month course, and I'm in the process of developing one of the hot topics that have come up recently in a a workshop. I'm in the middle of developing, which will be a two part workshop, Mm -hmm. about an hour each, and we'll come together with a a PDF with um, a a workbook that you can work with. Is around money and boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. We have another topic. So much energy, and that that. Topic is so broad, but I'm going to make a concise into two workshop. It's how do you use your money, right? Uh, so often, um, we money money can be very powerful, right? So how do we use our money? But also, how do we protect our money? Okay, mm-hmm. how many of us have um, given up money for things that nec- we shouldn't have necessarily, and we look back in retrospect to be like, well, why did I do that? And mm-hmm. how do we ensure that we don't make those mistakes? Mm-hmm. In the future and I can talk about a lot of them so I I know this very well so how do we put up those boundaries in a way that feel comfortable and feel safe you know I recently read something and you know so many of us we like to help our children right we feel like we're being a worthy mother right helping our children but think about those few hundred dollars that we give our children every month what if we put that into savings for 20 or 30 years with compound interest what would that look like so instead of supporting them now, but then in thirty years time, right, when we're eighty, okay, when we're eighty or ninety, we need their financial help even more. Whereas if we would have put that money and saved and invested that money, we would have been we would be fine and we wouldn't need their support, so mm-hmm. we really have to think very carefully y- y- about those choices that we make. And again, that really goes into boundaries and being really clear about what your boundaries are, um, what's causing you to break those boundaries, and how you can really firm up around them. So that's what okay. workshop i going to be offering. So go to my page, ask me about it, and I'll let you know as soon as it's released.
0: Cool, we'll do that. So just, just let me ask a couple of quick questions because the show is called Person Behind the Passion, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 know you've been a mom for you know you got lots of kids. Hello. <laughs> you, you still like, you know, you love to cook and, you know, you're like, I'm a very domestic guy. I love doing things around the house. I love going out in the garage. What are some of the things that you, you know, that you'd love to do? Well, I just got a puppy, which is a very big deal.
2: So I have a cute little puppy. Oh, awesome. I love walking her. So <laughs> she's she's really adorable. I should have a picture of her. Um, yeah, she's really very cute. So she's something I'm very very passionate about. I have the children, but learning how to have a puppy in at home was a very different experience. I enjoy that very very much. I like writing. Um, I'm looking, you know again trying out different things. I do dance. I dance sometimes. I have a whole spiritual things that I enjoy very, very much, that are very much part of my life. Spirituality is a big part of my life. I meditate regularly. I journal regularly. Um, these are very, very important things in my life. Um, yeah, and again, yeah, you know, it's funny because I don't even think about the cooking or things like that. Yeah, I enjoy cooking, of course. That's a mm-hmm. big part of my life. I, I do that a lot less than I used to, I will say, because I used to only do that, bake bread and all that. Mm-hmm. I still do Sure. Yeah.
0: So being in Brooklyn, I mean, so what's there to do? I mean, do you have a bicycle? You get out, you when did you ride to the store or are you Uber? And you know, um, I mean,
2: so I guess I walk in the neighborhood, yeah, okay. and then take the train into the city, yeah. Trains are great, everybody complains about them, but you know what? They get us to where we need to go, so right, I don't have any complaints.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, your me time is like doing your meditation and writing a journal. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm a, I'm a early, I'm an early bird. Are you? Yeah. 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 I, I'm up before five every morning. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I know some people that do that. I was a, a friend that I met uh, a little while back. She's like, yeah, I get up at 4.30. Yeah. I'm like 4.30, yeah. really?
2: Yeah. Oh gosh. I love that time of day. I I always have. I look back to when I was a teen. I used to wake up six thirty and go walking. And I look at my teenagers and I'm like, what? I did that. Like that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always been part of my, my lifestyle. And something I, I yeah, throughout that that's always been part. And really now being able again to explore, you know, do some writing, do different things that are really, really mean a lot to me. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I might I publish my now. You. And you're building your business. That's yeah, great.
2: Building my business. Yeah. And then working full time, as we spoke, as you can see right here, my computers. Da-da-da. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but juggling a lot and very grateful for, right. for everything that's coming my way and really, you know, seeing where I am today. If I can do it,
0: you can do it. It's <laughs> really. Well, brilliant. you've been through it. I mean, you know, that's, it takes, it takes, you know, not just knowledge, but it takes personal experience. Yeah. You
2: know? It honestly, from my perspective, it takes a lot more of the persistence and the determination and the will than the actual knowledge. The knowledge is the easy part, right? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You just learn it, you know, it might take you a little bit of time, but it's really about not giving up, knowing what your goals are, and taking the steps to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. Wow. Well, thank you for finishing the second half of. Yeah, the
1: thank you, thank you for having me glitch. on.
0: It was just uh-huh. things, you know, the technology. What happened was, if for those of you don't do this, I my my battery was running running low on my laptop. I reached over and grabbed the power, plugged it in, and everything just went. Wow. It just stopped. I was like, okay. what? But anyway, You're
2: meant to be here today and now it's okay.
0: And it's, it's beautiful. Both the images are great. So thank you so much, Beatrice, for sharing your knowledge. And I think more than anything, having the passion for it, because that's the thing that drives all of that. And um, I can feel it. If you're there, it's like you've got this going on, connected to this, and you're there to support and help and get people through to the other side, to empower them, to get a grasp, solid grasp on their their financial relationship with money. So very cool. So promise me you'll come back. And um, yeah, I would like okay. to. Yes, we'll I'd love to come back
2: and report back in a couple of months, let you know where things are up, up cool. to. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners, having them join my Tuesday night um, lives, um, inquire about the course, inquire about the workshop, see what fits for you, and let's mm-hmm.
0: talk. Cool. All right. Have a fabulous day. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone, from all of us here in the Self-Achievement Network. Remember, have fun and stay inspired. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye for now. Bye, Beatrice.